As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at Chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's Chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The topics and opinions expressed in the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4CY Radio or its employees or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4CY Radio. I can only imagine what my eyes will see when your face is before me. I can only imagine. Well, good morning, my friends. How are you? Welcome to Anger 911. I am your host, Janet Pfeiffer. I am the Undoctor of Anger, and thank you so much for tuning in this morning. I'm really excited about today's show, although I say that every single week, but it really comes from my heart. But our show today is going to be a little bit different. We have kind of an unusual twist. My special guest, Dee Broughton, is a canine behavioral specialist, and we're going to be talking about anger and aggression, the human canine connection. So we're going to, going to be talking about aggression in dogs, but also about aggression in humans. And you will be surprised at how many similarities there are in the cause and the expression and the treatment of both. So even if you don't have a dog, stay tuned because this is really going to be an interesting and unique show today. But as always, we have to take a few quick minutes to do some commercial advertising. Today's show is brought to you by Pfeiffer Power Seminars. We are your premier resource for all of your interest personal training needs. We are leaders in the field of anger management, conflict resolution, emotional wellness, and relationships. And we've been providing innovative workshops to businesses, schools, churches, and wellness centers for 20 years. When anger and conflict are the problem, we are the solution. 
So visit us at PfeifferPowerSeminars.com. That's P-F-E-I-F-F-E-R, PfeifferPowerSeminars.com, or call us at 973-697-1904. That's 973-697-1904. And if your business doesn't have a website yet, you are losing business. Customers and clients expect businesses to have a website. And if your nephew designed the site, it may be time for an upgrade. Either way, Bellamy Tech offers professional web design and maintenance at super affordable prices. So whether you want the simple web presence, which is just a single page, the Business Express, which is four pages, or the full-blown professional presence, Bellamy Tech is your premier choice in web design. So give Amy a call at 973 453-2791. That's 973-459-2791. Or visit her at bellamytech.com. That's B-E-L-L-A-M-Y, bellamytech.com. And check out some of her designs. She's an amazing web designer and web webmaster. (laughs) She designs and maintains all of my websites for me and does an amazing job. I'd also like to encourage you to pick up a copy of The Secret Side of Anger and The Great Truth, Shattering Life's Most Insidious Lies That Sabotage Your Happiness, along with the revelation of life's sole purpose. And I wanted to let you know that I'm actually closing out of the first edition of The Secret Side of Anger. So if you order it now, you can pick up a copy of the paperback edition or the CD for only $8. Don't worry about the price that's on my website. Go to my website, PfeifferPowerSeminars.com. Click on the products page and you can order the book from there. So there's a closeout. I don't have many copies left and and this Uh, Sale price applies only to those purchases directly from my website. $8 while supplies last, and that's it. And I wanted to let you know that I have an upcoming event at the Bodie Tree Cafe in Franklin, New Jersey on Sunday, January 19th from 1 to 3 p.m. I am giving a lecture on the great truth, and the cost to attend is only $19, which, by the way, includes a free copy of the great truth. So you're getting a book and a lecture for an extremely reasonable price. You can't beat it. So, uh Check that out. Go to the Bodie Tree Cafe on Facebook. All of the details are there. Or if you want to send me an email, if you need more information, send it to me at Janet at Anger911.net. All right, let's get into today's topic. We'll take care of the rest of the business later on. I want to introduce my guest, Dee Broughton. She is the founder of Holistic Behavior Solutions. She's a canine behavioral specialist who provides behavioral solutions for all types of unwanted behavior in canines, ranging from housebreaking issues to unacceptable reactions to other dogs to fear, anxiety, and aggression and biting. She has developed a method that incorporates positive reinforcement training, therapeutic-grade essential oils, and all-natural diet and exercise to balance the mind-body-spirit in our canine uh, companions. She's also the founder of Tales for Teens, which is a program that helps at-risk students by working with shelter dogs to become companions for military veterans suffering with PTSD, TBI, depression, and other maladies. Um, So it is my great pleasure to welcome my friend and colleague, Dee Broughton. Hi, Dee. How are you? Good morning, Janet. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. Did I leave out anything in terms of my introduction about you? Is there anything you want to let our listeners know about you? No, I think you nailed it. Okay, that's great. How long have you been working with canines? 
I started a little over 10 years ago, um, primarily with my own dog, who at the time I knew nothing about training, and I was guided really in the wrong direction by a lot of local trainers whom I put my trust in, thinking that, well, they're the professionals, they know what they're talking about, mm-hmm. um, and unfortunately, you know, that's just not always the case um, in this country, especially there's no national standard for dog trainers. So anybody can wake up one day and say, hey, I think I want to train dogs today and slap a prong collar on them and use force and intimidation in order to get that dog to comply to whatever it is that they're they're wanting in the moment. So um, it's kind of a scary thought in that, but um, I was able to luckily find the right people to mentor under and um, and learn correct methods and humane methods. So, uh, so I've really built my, my career on that. And you, did you study with Victoria Stillwell? I can't say I studied with her. I was observed by her, um, but almost two years ago down in Atlanta, Georgia. And, um, which is, it's a program that she licensed various trainers around the country, actually around the world now, um, to be a part of her program called Positively. And it's really a movement to bring about trainers who have the same mindset, who really want to um, move beyond the dominance-based theory of, you know, you have to be alpha and you have to control mm-hmm. the animal and really put it more on a partnership um, working together with the dog. Right. And it's, it's just a really great program. It's something I, I took a lot of time in thinking about and wanted to be a part of because um, a lot of people recognize her from her show on Animal Planet. Which That's where I know her from. I'm a huge fan of hers. Yeah. And, you know, it ran for about eight years, um, or eight seasons, rather, and... I would watch it and say, I can do that. You know, that's, that's what I want to be a part of, and that's what I want to represent. So um, when the opportunity came up to go meet with her and, and be observed by her and her team, I jumped at it. And, of course, it wasn't that easy. It was, it was quite a process to get to that point. But um, now, you know, I, I actually have access to probably the best quality, um, best experienced trainers around the world, and um, – it's just a wonderful network. You, well, you know what I love about uh, Victoria Stillwell's method, and, and I, I watched her probably all of those eight seasons. She mm-hmm. did a lot. She did a lot of work with aggressive dogs. She would go into homes where these dogs were growling at her and jumping on her, and I, and I would think to myself, "Oh Lord, I hope she doesn't get bitten." Um, but her method of working with them and helping them to heal, not control them, like you said, being dominant over them, mm-hmm. but actually getting to the root of why they were behaving this way and helping them to move beyond that, which is exactly what I do with humans. I don't teach people how to control their anger and their aggression. I show them where the where that anger is coming from and how they can heal it. And that's why I'm such a huge fan of hers and obviously now a huge fan of yours. Um, <laughs> But can you do do you find that a lot of people come to you because they have issues of aggression in their dogs and and how do you where do you start with that? I have to say unfortunately that a good I would say right now a good 80% of my business or the phone calls that come in initially are in regards to what people call an aggressive behavior an aggressive wow. response. And it's really unfortunate for multiple reasons, and I look at it because, first of all, 
the dogs are suffering in one way, shape, or form. Mm -hmm. Secondly, the human counterpart of that family is suffering, and they're at their wits' ends. And it's unfortunate because many people, first and foremost, misinterpret what aggression truly is. People see a dog barking or lunging um, on the end of the leash or perhaps growling, snapping, or even biting, and they say, that dog's aggressive, that dog shouldn't be Mm -hmm. a part of society, this, that, and the other thing. The true definition when really thinking about aggression in dogs is the intent to cause harm or the intent to control a situation um, by intimidation, by force. So when I think of dogs, I don't think of them as having the emotional or or mental um, concept of intimidation, in Mm -hmm. a sense. Um, When I look at them, I say, okay, yes, the intent to cause harm because they are put in a particular situation or scenario where they are put in a fight-or-flight mode, which is a natural, as you know, innate state in all mammals, all humans, all um, dogs experience it, and there's such a short response time. So from the moment that the dog or the human are put in harm's way or they're interpreting it as harm, they have a matter of seconds to decide, well, do I want to fight or do I want to flee? And most times, I'm going to say 90% of times, these dogs don't want to fight. But we as humans prevent their ability to flee in that Mm -hmm. they're enclosed in a kennel. They're on the other end of a leash. They're behind a fence. So they know exactly how far they can go to get away from. And if in those few seconds that they have that time to decide, they say, gosh, I can't get away fast enough. I better fight because my life's on the line. Right. you know, it's just, it's frightening in that um, I feel like a lot of humans do put the dogs in those positions without realizing it. Right. There's a, a common um, occurrence of what's called an alpha role, where mm-hmm. a lot of times in the past people were told by professional trainers, well, you must dominate your dog, you must put them in a position of being a subordinate and being submissive, so therefore you grab them on the scruff, um, or the extra skin on the sides of their body and throw them down on the ground and hold them there until they submit. Mm. I don't know about you, Janet, but if somebody came up to me and all of a sudden took me by my shoulders and threw me to the ground and held me there, I'm going to fight. Sure, I'm not going to just sure. lay down and say, okay, <laughs> you know. Right. So well, you know I, I do. I deal with that a lot. You know, you know what's interesting, Dee, is that we're dealing with a dog who is frightened, who feels as though they they are in danger in that moment. And then we have an adult who needs to dominate the dog, which is also coming from a place of fear, because that's where control comes from. Control is all based in fear. So when I don't trust that I can handle this dog in a... Um, I, um, what's the word that I'm looking for? In a non-aggressive way, in a, mm-hmm. in a, in a non-dominant way, then that that need to control the dog kicks in, and that's all fear-based. And fear is one of the underlying causes of anger. So what you have then is this big, um, you know, this circle of anger that just keeps perpetuating itself. And because human beings are supposedly a higher form of life, <laughs> I don't, I don't know that we really are. I think dogs are far more intelligent than we are. Um, but it becomes our responsibility then 
to break that cycle and to not respond to a dog who's fearful with even more fear. Because that's exactly what we're doing. So we need to take a more confident approach. And again, the same way that we deal with hum- with humans. When I'm dealing with someone who is angry and, and very aggressive and very intimidating, I don't respond with the same kind of behavior. I respond with the exact opposite. I remain calm. I listen to them. I take a very... Um, a very gentle but firm approach with them. And when you build that trusting relationship, when, when the other party, whether it's a canine or a human, knows that they can trust you, it alleviates their fear, they calm down, and then the aggression subsides. It is exactly. I mean, you, you just absolutely pinpoint exactly what I see. And um, it's very difficult because it's so funny you say about humans being a higher-functioning animal so to speak and yet we get so caught up in our own fears our own lack of confidence Mm -hmm. that we think oh my gosh in order to really get a handle on this I must be the alpha male or the alpha dominant creature in the relationship and you know it's, it's very much like I look at it like a parent-child relationship. You know, there's so much research and evidence that says you don't need to be a forceful parent. You don't need to yell at your children. You should communicate with them. And I don't see it being any different with dogs other than the fact that we communicate differently. And I think that's the big point right there is that people understand, okay, we're a different species. But what I don't think many people look beyond that and say, Beyond a different species, we're also a very different culture. And that's something Mm -hmm. that I try to really press upon in my workshops. When you look at two human cultures, for instance, and and the one I typically go with are the United States and American versus Japan because they're so distinctive, but yet we were also kind of aware of each. So you don't have to be a master in, in... culture to understand that we greet differently, we posture Mm -hmm. differently, you know, things are acceptable in one that aren't acceptable in the other. And then you take the difference between two genders, male and female, of the same culture. You're still speaking the same language, but yet think of how different that is. How a male male, um, thinks and acts and responds versus a female oftentimes. And now you're talking about a different species altogether, not speaking the same language. The dogs can learn um, various words or sounds through association, either positive mm-hmm. or negative, but they're never going to speak English. Right. So, you know, that's, that's a whole entirely different concept. And, um, and once I approach people that way, they go, oh, yeah, you know, I got it. Because everyone just expects it's a dog. It must know what sit means. I have no idea what sit means. Right. (laughs) You know? And I'll often, I'll throw a, you know, a command in a different language out to a person and I'll say, well, why don't you understand? Well, I don't know Italian. And I said, okay, well, your dog doesn't know English. So. Right. And and that's a great point. And you know what I think is really important is that, again, whether we're dealing with a canine or a human, we need to be able to approach that party from where they're coming from, in a way that they can relate to. 
which is very hard for human beings to do because most of the times you operate from a place of ego where it's like, well, this is my way and this is how I do it. And you're going to have to learn to, to just accept that. And that doesn't work with people and it doesn't work with dogs. Mm-hmm. We have to learn to relate to our canine companions and our human companions on their level in a way that they understand because once we do that, again, it's a whole trust issue. Once you build that trust with them and let them know that you're not a threat to them, that that there is that element of concern for their well-being and safety, they begin to relax and then they become more cooperative. I'd like to get into some of the the, the different ways that that dogs express their anger versus humans. I know when I deal with, with human beings, I mean, there's there are aggressive ways that people express anger and there's very passive ways. But the aggressive ways are, are things that we're all, most of us are, are pretty familiar with. You know, the, ang, ang, uh, the yelling, the screaming, the hitting, the throwing things, the, the threats, cursing, all of that kind of stuff. But how do dogs, I'm, I know growling and biting are two of them, but how do dogs express their anger? Well, first of all, dogs do have a series of what are called body languages. And there's um, a wonderful behaviorist. She's in Norway. Her name is Turid Rugas, and she's really coined the term body language um, in a way of figuring out a way to communicate with your canine without speaking the same language, so to speak. So um, dogs, first and foremost, you know, you hear on the news, oh, this dog just attacked out of nowhere. You know, mm-hmm. it's such a wonderful dog, and out of the blue, it just attacked. Dogs, I will tell you, 99% of the time, unless there is a medical neurological disorder, do not attack out of nowhere. So there are a lot of signs that lead up to that attack or that bite that have gone ignored for many, many many times, whether it be months, years, what have you. Um, And a lot of times they're also punished out. So before you even get to the growling and the biting, you may have something that looks like the dog is flicking their tongue. It's called lip licking. Um, They may be blinking their eyes very fast. They may be... um, their hackles go up. A lot of people are familiar with when their dog gets frightened, the uh, fur on the back of their shoulder blades or the back of their rump goes up. But the thing of it is you really have to look at the whole body. You can't just say, oh, my God, my dog's tail's tucked between its legs. You know, now it's going to bite me. Or my dog's ears are pinned to the side of its head. It must be frightened. Um, So there's all this series of body language that comes along first. Then, usually because it's ignored, because people don't know how to read that, that's when you get the growl and then eventually the bite. One of the worst things you can do is punish the growl by yelling, hitting, um, because then the dog learns, okay, when I perform this behavior, I get punished, and I want to avoid that in the future, but I'm still uncomfortable, so how do I communicate the fact that whatever this person is doing is making me this uncomfortable, that's making me fearful for my life. The next thing that happens is the snap or the bite. And those can escalate at varying degrees depending upon the entire situation, the dog itself. I know a lot of people are fearful of specific breeds. Mm-hmm. Yep. And a good reason for that is because a pit bull or a Rottweiler are going to do more damage when they bite right. than, say, right. a Pomeranian. 
Right. But there have been cases where Pomeranians have actually killed small infants. So <sighs> it's not to say that there's one breed of dog that's, that's <laughs> excuse me, more dangerous than the other in that um, one's more aggressive than the other. It's just a matter of the response that you get. So, yeah, the extent of the damage, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So going back to your original question of how do they really um, – how do they show, how do they exhibit this anger? You know, I can look at it like the yelling of a person is very much like the growling and barking of a dog. We just, we understand yelling. We can yell back. But when the dog growls, we're like, oh, my God, what does that mean? We don't really know what it yeah. means, so we assume the worst. And we act out of fear, like you originally said, and our fear then takes us to, you know, also exhibit a form of aggression ourselves towards the dog. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, you know, um, I, I think what you're talking about, about looking for the signs of um, anger or discomfort in a dog, and that it's a progression, you know, before mm-hmm. they get to that biting stage or that attacking stage, there are warning signs, and it's the same thing with people. We don't realize sometimes how our behavior is actually instigating um, or pushing the other person towards that breaking point. Now, I tell people all the time, we are not responsible for how other people feel nor how they react. I can't control a person's feelings. That's a personal choice that each individual makes internally, and it's based on their thought process. But there are certain things that I can say and do that can actually push that person towards the breaking point. So if I'm, an, and, I, and I learned this with my husband, my husband's a completely nonviolent man, but I just watching his body language, I learned that certain things that I say or do are triggering something inside of him and I can see him begin to tense up. I can see his eyes shifting. I can see his jaw start to clench. And he doesn't ever take, he'll walk away before he explodes. But I have to take a certain amount of responsibility in that, whether I'm dealing with a person or an animal, is what I am doing provoking that individual or putting that animal in a position where they feel unsafe, where their anger could escalate to the point where they become aggressive. And that's where I have to know when to take a step back and just let things be or maybe switch my approach to something, you know, of a more calming and soothing nature. But um, I remember years ago when I, many, many years ago when I was a kid, we had a boxer and she was, she was a great dog, but she was strictly a family dog. She didn't like kids other than, you know, my sisters and I, and my, my parents would tell, you know, anytime we had company, they'd say, you know, just leave the dog alone and she'll be fine. And I had a cousin who just would not listen. She kept chasing this dog around the house. The dog kept running away to get away from her. Finally, my cousin cornered her and jumped on the dog and the dog turned him bitter in the face, unfortunately. Oh. And of course, everybody was so upset. But thank right. God my aunt and uncle were, were reasonable enough to say, well, it wasn't the dog's fault. We weren't watching our child and, mm-hmm. you know. You know, and thank God my my cousin was okay. But we have to take ownership. 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Chip that a dog, just like a person, will give us a warning and we have to take that seriously and we have to know when to back off. So, Dee, we're just going to take a quick break here. I have a couple of more, uh, you know, a little bit of business to take care of. Don't go away because we will be right back. I'll be here. Okay. <laughs> Today's show is brought to you by Pfeiffer Power Seminars. We are your premier resource for all of your interpersonal training needs. We are leaders in the field of anger management, conflict resolution, emotional wellness, and relationships. And we've been providing innovative workshops to businesses, schools, churches, and wellness centers for 20 years. When anger and conflict are the problem, we are the solution. So visit us at PfeifferPowerSeminars.com. That's P-F-E-I-F-F-E-R, PfeifferPowerSeminars.com, or give us a call at 973-697-1904. That's 973-697-1904. Michael J. DiNardo has been amazing audiences for more than three decades with his vocal genius. His seasoned voice has been heard from Las Vegas to the Atlantic City casinos. Michael has performed with the New York Big Band, appeared in the movie Wise Guys with Danny DeVito, and has recorded dozens of songs available on CD. This acclaimed singer, dubbed Better Than Sinatra, richly embodies the Big Band era. Michael is available for corporate events, holiday parties, birthdays, anniversaries, weddings, New Year's Eve, or any other event that you want to make a memorable one. So check out Michael's website at jerseysinger.com. That's jerseysinger.com. Or you can check him out on YouTube. Just go to YouTube and search for Michael J. DiNardo. That's D-I-N-A-R-D-O. And you can listen to dozens and dozens of his songs that are up on YouTube. And I want to also uh, let you know that you can advertise your business product or services on my show. Anger 911 is broadcast worldwide in over 195 countries around the world. Um, and we are also syndicated on iHeart Clear Channel Radio. So we have 
the potential to reach over 55 million people worldwide. What a great way to grow your business product or services. Share that with the world. Our rates are extremely reasonable. So if you'd like to advertise with us, send me an email at Janet at Anger911.net and I will give you our current rates. And if you'd like to have your own radio show, my God, I'm coming up on my two-year anniversary with W4CY.com. This is the greatest station in the world to have your own show on. I love all the people that I work with. I'm I'm so grateful for this opportunity to share my knowledge and wisdom with all of you. And it's extremely affordable. So if you're interested in having your own radio show, it's really easy to do. Very, very affordable. Give me a call. Send me an email. I'll be more than happy to fill you in on all of those details. And I'd like to just take a moment and wish my sister Irene a very, very happy birthday. Her birthday was yesterday. She is my best friend. I absolutely adore her. So happy birthday, Irene. I love you with all of my heart. And last week I mentioned to you that I was giving away a free chapter of my latest book, The Great Truth. It is posted on my blog on uh, anger911.net. Just Click on the little link to the blog. Today is the last day that that post will be available. So you definitely want to take advantage of it. We have had an enormous amount of people visit that site to read that free chapter. And then, of course, you can always order a copy and read the entire book. (laughs) And don't forget that The Secret Side of Anger, uh, paperback and audio versions, I am closing out of the first edition. So if you're interested in purchasing any of those, the price has been reduced to only 8 Dollars Definitely want to take advantage of that. And you also want to check out uh, the Bodhi Tree Cafe on Facebook. I will be speaking there this Sunday, January 19th from 1 to 3 p.m. I will be offering a workshop on the great truth. And on February 9th, I will be doing a writer's workshop. So anybody who's interested in writing or if you've already started writing or you need to know about uh, marketing and promoting your book or getting it published, we're going to be covering all of that all different genres, so please join us at the Bodhi Tree Cafe. Check that out on Facebook. All right, I want to get back to our guest, Dee Broton. We are talking about anger and aggression, the human-canine connection. Um, Dee, I'd like to spend some time talking about uh, treatment for dogs because um, there's a lot of people who probably you know, aren't aware that if they have a dog that is exhibiting signs of aggression, that it is something that is treatable. So could you give our listeners some tips? How do you work with an aggressive dog? First, Janet, I go about um, with a, a questionnaire, which I have the owner fill out. And the reason why I do this is because oftentimes when you're talking to someone on the phone, when they call you, um, or even in person, you know, their emotional side is coming out. And then mm-hmm. a lot of that, and I think... What I try to touch upon is that when you have a dog, regardless if you've had this dog for six months or ten years, there is a sense, I believe, in the human um, aspect of feeling betrayed. You have a real sense of betrayal that here I have this puppy or this dog that I've had for X amount of, of years, and... I feed him every day, and I give him the best treats, and I buy him toys, and really have made him a part of my family, and he turns around and bites my son. How Mm. can I ever forgive this dog? And I think that, you know, forgiveness is one of the emotions that I know you talk about a lot. Oh, Um, yeah. Yep. It's something that's so tough to get beyond. So once 
I can remove the, the human emotion of figuring out, you know, okay, I understand where you're coming from, and it's not okay that your dog bit your son. However, we have to figure out why this happened. So that's where the questionnaire comes in. You know, it's, it's a time for them to really put it down on paper, think about questions that or answers to questions that they may not have otherwise come up with. And so we start there. Then I review that before I meet with, with the family. Um, I do like to have the entire family there. And a lot of times I will meet in their own home environment because oftentimes that's where it's occurring. Um, mm-hmm. If you look at any type of bite statistics, most more bites are occurring on the property of the dog than not. And um, so we start there. And then we go and basically I just observe the dog in its own environment. I figure out, you know, is this dog comfortable? Is it not? What kind of things is it doing? Is it coming to me? Is it going away from me? Is it engaging with the family? Is it not? And depending upon, again, the type of aggression or the reason why, um, of course, plays a big role in that. Has the dog been biting a family member? Has the dog only been aggressing towards strangers entering the home or walking past the house? Or is it only when the dog is on leash? So we look at that whole entire um, situation. And then I create what I consider to be a treatment plan, which would be specific to each one of those. But it all comes down to this dog is feeling uncomfortable and why. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. first we identify the cause, and then we take it from there. And usually that includes a program of desensitization and counter-conditioning. So pretty much we're going to find out what it is that's making the dog uncomfortable, and we are going to turn that object or series of objects into something fabulous. Um, I'm wow. a big, Yeah, I'm a big believer in using high-value food treats um, as a form of motivation. Uh-huh. And, and again, I look at it from a human perspective of when you're potty training or, or um, toilet training your child, many people now have resorted to using M&Ms or sticker system in order to kind of motivate their child to use the bathroom instead of the diaper. So I don't think that it's all that uh, far-fetched that we might provide a motivating reward for our dogs. And um, people are turned off by that. i got to tell you, a lot of people say, well, I don't want to have to rely on using treats for the rest of my life. And, and that's not it. You know, it, it's in the beginning. It's in order to mm-hmm. pair something that is not a good situation with something that's fabulous. So I often will come up with the analogy that says, you don't typically go to work because you just want to please your boss. You go f- to collect that paycheck. So think of this liver treat as the dog's paycheck. And then if the dog does something fantastic, so for instance, if it's a dog who doesn't like strangers, and the very first time it approaches a stranger on its own without showing any of that body language we talked about or signs of fear and aggression, then that dog deserves more than just its typical paycheck. That dog deserves what I call a jackpot, meaning Mm -hmm. it's getting a bonus for a job really well done, but putting a lot of extra effort into it. And i got to tell you, the dogs respond really, really well to it. Um, so you got to go beyond, you know, your typical milk bones or the treats that they get on a regular basis and bring right. out the good stuff. And, you know, I'll say cook a steak. 
throw some chicken in a oh. pot and boil it for 10 minutes. <laughs> there's, there's, I don't even serve my husband's steak. I'm not giving it to my dogs. <laughs> you know what? And I got to tell you, too, I was a vegetarian for many years, so my husband didn't get a lot of uh, a lot of meat around the house. <laughs> but yet, I was always feeding the dogs meat because, let's face it, they and are... He's still mar- and he's still married to you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They... <laughs> they really are carnivores, though, you know? I mean, not maybe as much as a, a, cat, a cat or a feline is, but they are carnivores. So they love meat. And if you can find whatever their filet mignon is, then go with that and pick that particular treat, and they only get it when the scary stimulus is around. So if that means a man wearing a hat and sunglasses approaching the door is what really frightens them and turns them into a Cujo, then you have to pair that man with the hat and the sunglasses at the door with your cheddar cheese or with your liver treats or what have you. Um, And I do like, honestly, like I said, you know, getting whatever chicken's on sale, big packet of it, throw in a pot of boiling water for 10 minutes, Put it through the food processor. It couldn't be simpler. You put all the leftovers in little baggies in the freezer so you're always prepared when a guest comes. And they love it. I mean, they really work hard for it. Plus, it's good for them. It's a good lean protein, so they're not going to gain, you know, excess weight. Um, They're not getting all the carbs and sugars of some of the commercial treats. So it really, you know, it works out well. But, um... That would be part of the protocol. I wish it were that simple to just say, okay, pair some really great treats with something scary and and the dog will be great. Um, Because what we talked about before with body language being ignored, there are not, you know, sometimes the dog gets to practice this behavior for five years before I'm called. And it's a typical, like, mailman um, scenario. The mailman comes to the door every day, drops the mail through the chute, the dog barks, the mailman leaves. Well, the dog now thinks, gee, I just did my job really well. I scared that mailman away. <laughs> I always tell my dog, do not bark at the big brown truck because he brings us really great stuff, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it depends how long have they been able to practice this behavior? How good have they gotten at it? Um, a lot of times it takes a really long time for them to be able to recover from that. Also, there's, there can be a genetic factor where it's just built in their genes. A lot of times what we call resource guarding is, um, you know, when your dog just really doesn't like people coming and taking their food bowl mm-hmm. or they'll hover over and growl while they're eating because they're afraid maybe their canine housemate is going to take their food. Right. That I is have a something... lot of that in my house. <laughs> I have two dogs, they run around, they eat everybody else's food. <laughs> yes, and that really, that can be learned, that can be a learned behavior, but it can also be a genetic factor. And I am a firm believer that you can't change a person's DNA, you can't change a dog's DNA. However, you can modify it and manage it, and that's where I think the most frustrating part of my job comes in because... So many people often allow the behavior to go on for such a long time until it escalates to that bite or to that attack, and then they're, they're just at their wit's end, and they don't have it in them anymore to practice. 
you right. know. And you know what? I, I think what I love about what you're saying is that there is hope. I mean, if you have an aggressive dog, the dog doesn't have to be put down. They don't have to be given away. That with the proper understanding and training, the dog can be reconditioned to mm-hmm. respond to those stimuli from a completely different perspective. You know, I have I have five dogs that I've rescued. My my husband and I, well, over the years, I've owned 18 dogs. And the majority, I think I only purchased one pedigree out of all of those. But one of the dogs that I have right now, when I adopted her, um, she was in foster care. She came to New Jersey through 11th Hour Rescue, and she was in a foster home. And the foster mom told me that this dog was aggressive. She said she bites. And she said, well, that's what they have on her record. She says, but I don't think she really bites. So I took the dog home. She was a, a little um, chihuahua, not chihuahua. This one is a um, dachshund terrier mix. And she's only about 20 pounds. And I took her home and um, when, well, actually the foster mom brought her to my house and the foster mom left and the dog sat on the couch looking out the window as if to say, you know, when are you coming back to get me? And I, I felt it was breaking my heart. So I picked her up and I went to hug her and the dog turned her head right against my face as if she was going to bite me. And she's scared. And I thought, oh my God, maybe she does bite. But I knew the dog's history. The dog had been severely abused. Somebody had put a wire around this dog's neck and tried to kill her, actually ended up severing half of one of her ears. So the dog came from a background of severe abuse, and then the dog was tossed on the side of the road and left for dead. And thank God some good Samaritan found her, picked her up and brought her to an animal hospital. And eventually she made her way here to New Jersey. So I knew that the dog had been traumatized, had a fear of humans because of the severe abuse that the dog had undergone. And I realized that In my eagerness to provide this dog with love and affection and a good home, the dog wasn't ready for that. And she was just doing what she knew how to do, which was to protect herself from being hurt again. So I I just backed off and I took it very, very, very slow. And I will tell you that it took over a year before I got to the place where now I can just pick this little girl up and just hug her and smush her little face against Mm -hmm. mine. And she's so happy. And and there's zero aggression with her at all anymore. But um, I think it's just really important that people need to understand that whether you're dealing with an individual or or a canine, we've been so conditioned to respond to certain situations in a particular way that it really takes time to make these changes, but they are possible. I don't believe that there's any such thing as a bad dog or a bad person. I believe that the behavior is bad, but the behavior is learned. And what we've learned that is inappropriate, we can unlearn and we can relearn something that's going to work better for us. It takes cooperation. It takes knowledge and skills and plenty of patience in order to do this. Um, Dee, we are just about out of time. Um, is, uh, is there any last words that you have for our listeners that, that you would like to share? If I could just leave you with, um, you know, realizing that children are at the forefront of dog bites and, and unfortunately at the effects of what would be considered aggression. So it, with that being said, you know, education is huge. Educating the parents, educating the children on those body languages, on how to approach, just like you said, you know, not every dog loves to be hugged. A lot right. of those behaviors right 
are really found to be very threatening and um, are not natural for a canine. So that's huge. Supervise your children when they are with dogs. Do not assume that your dog just naturally loves to be cuddled and, and shown that type of affection. Right, right. And, you know, educate the people where if you are going to show your dog aggression, your dog is going to respond aggressively back. I do believe that aggression breeds aggression. So, you know, a lot of times the dogs will then, then respond aggressively to the weaker member of the family, which tends to be the child. So, you know, that would be the biggest thing is supervision. You know, contact a good, reputable trainer or behaviorist if you're having issues. The Association of Pet Dog Trainers has an entire trainer database online, and um, you can find that at apdt.org. And um, the other place would be Positively.com, which is my fellow Victoria Stillwell trainers. And, uh, you know, you're getting quality trainers who are going to not be showing any type of aggression in those situations. Oh, that's wonderful, Dee. And how can people get in touch with you? Well, you can visit my website first and foremost, which is a bit under construction at the moment, but it is live, and that is Holistic behavior solutions.com my phone number is 973-713-0175 so you can always call or email and um, actually tomorrow evening at Andover Animal Hospital I am running what we consider to be our monthly community behavior workshop so every month we bring a free workshop on canine behavior to the community and we simply just ask for a suggested $5 donation, which goes to a local animal charity. Um, so that's another way you can, you know, come out and meet me and learn from me and, and just kind of gain that extra database. Oh, that's wonderful, Dee. I can't thank you enough. I had such a good time with you today. I learned a lot, and I, and it's amazing just how similar canines and human beings are. So I want to thank you so much, um, and I want to really encourage everyone to get in touch with Dee. Go to her website, holisticbehaviorsolutions.com. Give her a call at 973-713-0175. Dee, thank you so much. We're definitely going to have you back again. Thank you, Janet. I'll talk to you soon. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Wow, that was so much fun. I really enjoyed that. Well, I'm such a huge dog lover, so why wouldn't I enjoy it? Um, I also want to encourage um, our listeners to learn more about Dee's program, Tales for Teens. I'm actually going to be working with her, doing a fundraiser to help her get this nonprofit uh, program off the ground. It's just amazing, working with at-risk teens, shelter dogs, and dogs. Um, uh, disabled veterans, military veterans. So definitely find out more about that and see if you can get involved with her as well. You know, I, I just want to go over a couple of points about aggressive behavior because people very often get confused with um, assertive behavior and aggressive behavior. People think that when they're aggressive, it's because they're not afraid of anything and they don't care what other people think about them. And, you know, they they have no, um, you know, uh, issues of, of self-worth or confidence. And it really is the exact opposite, you know. People who are aggressive, the underlying uh, issues behind aggression are all fear. You know, people feel that they're at risk, not necessarily for being hurt physically. I mean, with a dog, when a dog is aggressive, okay, 
chances are, if, if we don't back off, we're going to get bitten. And that's a physical injury. We don't always worry about the physical component of aggressive individuals. Not every aggressive per- person is going to become physical. But we do concern ourselves with being hurt verbally or psychologically or or embarrassed by them or intimidated or manipulated or controlled. And that's exactly what aggression, um, th- that's the exact intention of aggressive behavior. It is to gain power and control over the other, other individual. Again, all fear-based because when you have trust, when you have confidence, when you have faith in your own abilities, you don't need to become aggressive. You can be assertive. You can be firm. You can be fair. You can you can express yourself with you know uh, dignity and and honesty without being offensive or threatening to the other individual. So I I always want to clarify that for people because I've dealt with so many people who are aggressive. I'm a survivor of domestic violence. My my abuser was very very aggressive, very hostile, and it all came from a place of fear. You know, people who are hurt hurt others. Dogs who have been hurt will hurt others in an an attempt to protect themselves. We all have that innate fight or flight response. It's it's pre-programmed into our DNA and it's essential for our survival and our well-being. But being the highest form, the so-called highest form of intelligence on the planet, we can rationalize a situation and first see if we have the opportunity to remove ourselves, the flight response. If I can remove myself from someone who is being aggressive, being nasty, being hostile, being threatening, why not do that? That's to me, that's the simplest and most intelligent response is just to get myself out of there. So I'm not putting myself at risk. But if that's absolutely impossible, and I do feel that I am in imminent danger, and I need to protect myself, then according to the law, and I believe that on a moral level as well, I have a right to protect myself from any type of harm. I may never be the one who initiates that aggressive behavior, but if somebody is coming at me aggressively and I do feel that I'm in danger, I do have a right to protect myself. But understand that, again, it's coming from that place of fear and the need to self-protect. And if we have the opportunity, which most of the times we do, to walk away and remove ourselves, we must take advantage of that first and foremost. So I want to thank all of you so much for joining me here today. I think this is a great show. I'd love to have Dee back again. I'm going to be partnering her again with this Tales for Teens program. I hope that you'll check it out and get involved if you're interested. And um, just want to encourage you all to follow me on Facebook. Don't forget, uh, go to the Bodhi Tree Cafe on Facebook. Sign up for this Sunday's event uh, lecture and book signing on the Great Truth That's this Sunday, January 19th, uh, from 1 to 3 p.m. And I just want to leave you with these parting words. That people aren't bad. Behavior is bad. People are troubled. They're hurting. And people who hurt, hurt others. When we heal the pain, when we alleviate the fear, the anger itself never manifests. You can be a healer to your canine, to yourself, and to others as well. Thank you so much for joining me. Have a great week. Be at peace. And I'll see you back here next Wednesday on Anger 911. Bye-bye.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.